hi. I'm Pete Torriello. I'm Maureen Torriello. And welcome again to another edition of the Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen podcast, where every week we get together behind these microphones and we talk about whatever it is we feel like talking about, mixing it up, so to speak. And sometimes it's right off the top of our heads. And sometimes it comes out of somewhere else. And sometimes even straight from the heart. And this week... We're talking about something that is very near and dear to Maureen and I, and that is our music ministry. Yes. And some of you may not even have been aware that Maureen and I are church singers, and we have been for how many years now? Oh my goodness, I didn't think you were going to ask that. Uh, Well, together we've been doing it probably... 1982? Okay, so what does that come out to? 28 years? 30? Uh, more than that, kid. I don't know. I can't do the math right now. Like 30-something years? Yeah. A hell of a long time. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are church singers, and currently we are the music ministry for the American National Catholic Church, and specifically for St. Francis of Assisi. American National Catholic Church, which is located in Glen Ridge, New Jersey. And that is a position that we've held now for, what, seven or eight years? About seven years. Wow. Time goes by. When you're having so fun. Time flies quickly. when you're having fun. And we are having fun. We are. We are yeah. having fun. And uh, we have a long, long career uh, involved in uh, liturgical music. Why don't you start where you you started? Because you, you've been in this even longer than I have. Well, I could I could signal two starting points, and yeah. I don't know which one you want to go with. One was when I was in fifth grade, ten years old. I was part of the choir in our grammar school, and uh, did that for three years until I graduated eighth grade. Or if you want to start with a little bit more recent addition, would be while I was in college, I was part of the folk group that played in the chapel at Seton Hall University. Right. That's where I think I first started singing in the church was, uh, I think I appeared once or twice with you guys at the chapel. At least once I remember doing something there with you guys. I, I don't know. I, I, remember, I remember you being there once yeah. or twice. I don't remember whether you sang with us yeah, or whether you just came to listen. I did. For, for one mass, I, I forget even what it was all about, yeah. but, but I was there. But I really got involved a little bit after, uh, considerably after you did, uh, again, circa 1982. Uh, we were already married. We got married in 76, oh, he's right? Good. He's got the numbers 19, down today. I know where my bread is buttered. <laughs> and in 1982, uh, we moved to Irvington, New Jersey, and we were involved in the church there, the local church, which was St. Paul the Apostle. Yes. Roman Catholic Church. And you had gotten into the music ministry before I did. Why don't you talk about that? Well, we were at Mass, and uh, we happened to have stumbled upon the folk Mass that week. We were new to the area, and uh, we didn't know what the schedule of the Masses were. The folk has always been what spoke to us and what we really enjoyed. We went to the folk Mass, and serendipitously the priest said oh you know they're always looking for new members if anybody's interested uh, come up and and talk to us uh, after the mass so i at that point we still had little kids and i didn't know if it was going to even be possible and i looked at you and i was like i'd really kind of like to do that would you 
have any problem with it. And you're like, no, no, go ahead. You should do that. So after the mass, I went up to them and said, you know, I play guitar and, uh, you know, I've got some background in this and I'd, I'd like to join. And they were fine. Okay, here's, here's our next rehearsal. Show up. And I did that for probably maybe a month or so. And then our music ministry was hosting um, Tom Kenzia who was a liturgical composer, and he mm. was coming to do a workshop. And at that time, you know, we wanted to have butts in the seat for his, his workshop and all, and you came along to the workshop, and you were singing, and our uh, director of the folk group said, we got to get Pete. And I'm like, well, if he comes, we got nobody to watch the kids. And she's like, we'll work that out. Bring the kids we, some of us, some of the the folk group members had teenage daughters. We'll you, we'll chip in. We'll all, we'll pay them a little something mm. to watch the kids, and that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. So I came along, and as they say, the rest is history. And we sang uh, in that folk music choir at Saint Paul the Apostle for twenty five years, uh, at least. Yeah, it had to be at least twenty five years. Before we all started going on our separate ways, and from St. Paul the Apostle, we went to... St. Joseph's in Maplewood. In Maplewood, and we put in, I guess, about six years over there? Something like that. And uh, when we went... First of all, I want to backtrack a little bit. When we were at St. Paul's, we were in the folk group, but we also were in... The... The big choir. The big choir, eventually. We eventually. Learned it. We didn't do that at first. Yeah. Um, at first, we were just the folk choir, and then uh, the, I'm just trying to think how that actually worked out. I think, I think, the, Joe, folk, I think the, folk, the folk choir actually disbanded at one point, and then yes. we got assumed it, we didn't want to give up music ministry. Right, and Joe so we Fernandez, went, we went was to the music the, director, the music director, and brought we us said, into the big choir, and he said, "Maureen, bring your guitar." Right. Which having a, a guitar in a in a full size choir is kind of unusual, but it worked. It did because we also had percussion in that choir yes. too. Yes, Toti Escuela uh, had, had uh, uh, congo drums and I forget. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this. But it's a djembe, djembe, djembe or djembe or something. It's like an yeah. African uh, yeah. drum, but it it's you know very bassy. And he taught me a lot about playing the percussion and he also did like maracas and shakers and things like that so and then of course joe was pianist organist so we had a a pretty nice uh, combination there and then we wound up eventually i think the folk group kind of came back together didn't it or was it over that was over over at that point point. okay so all in all though we we put in 25 years at saint paul's and about six years at saint joe's in maplewood and then (laughs) <laughs> we were we at while we were at St. Joe's. We were also in two choirs because we started in uh, the praise band called Trinity, which was very contemporary. We had many guitars and we had a, a bass player and a pianist and a full set of drums and everything. What I liked about Trinity was that we had so many guitars mm-hmm. that it kind of had that sound of the New Christie minstrels. Because mm-hmm. remember, in the, in the New Christie, she had multiple guitars yes, yeah. all going at the same time, and mm-hmm. it gave you this big, almost kind of like a Phil Spector kind of wall right, of sound. Wall of sound. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, we did that, and then we also, I also did the same. Since Joe Fernandez brought us over to St. Joe's. Yeah, we should so, point out, Joe was our, our music director at St. Paul's in Irvington, mm-hmm. and then he went to 
uh, St. Joe's in Maplewood and brought us over with him. Right. In addition to several other members from the traditional choir and the and what used to be the, the folk group. Yes. So when we arrived at St. Joseph's, Joe incorporated the the concept that he had developed at St. Paul's of having guitar with the big choir. And uh, so we did the we did the double duty for a while, and then it was getting a little bit too much, so we gave up the traditional choir, and we stayed with the Trinity Choir. And then after we did our six years in Maplewood, we went on to our current assignment, position, right, where, wherever God wanted us to be, and yeah. that is in the American National Catholic Church. And that was that's kind of an interesting story, too, because Maureen and I, we're very unhappy in the Roman Catholic Church for a lot of reasons. And if, if you go back into previous episodes of our podcast, we have two whole shows that were devoted to uh, our leaving the Roman Catholic Church and becoming a part of the American National Catholic Church. And I would suggest that you go back and listen to those because that will better set the stage for you for where we are now. Right, right. And uh, the the kind of interesting thing was we are we were like i said we were part of that trinity folk uh contemporary choir contemporary praise band i guess i would call it Mm. and there was some internal strife with the the director at that time and it i I don't want to get into the politics of it and everything but and end result was she got mad and and disbanded the group and said i'm not doing this anymore you're you're fired, even though we were all volunteers. But, you know. <laughs> I don't know how you fire a volunteer, but but, 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 but we she did. did. She she got rid of the bunch doing, of us. We're not you know we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. So this was like say I don't know a, a Monday, and Thursday I get a phone call from Bishop George because we had been kind of straddling the two spheres. We had been going to the Roman Church and we had been going to the American National Catholic Church you know periodically not faithfully but you know we were kind of trying both out yeah every every few weeks or so we would we would go so george calls up and he's like you know i'm i'm we're going to start a, a satellite church up in Verona, and uh, now we should point out George's bishop, bishop George. George Lucy, who is the well, presiding bishop of the American <laughs> National Catholic Church. Right. So anyway, I, he calls up and he's like, uh, "How would you like to do the music up there?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. When would you like us to start?" He goes, "How about Saturday?" <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because he had heard us singing. Right when we when we first showed up mm-hmm. at St. Francis, and it was like as as the bishop always says, if we hear you singing or we see you doing something, we're going to put you to work yeah. right away. <laughs> and so uh, you know, basically we were we were fired on Monday, hired on Thursday, started on Saturday, yeah. all in the same week. Yeah, and uh, it was it was wild, but it was great. And then we uh, we we also also. Uh, did some of the music at St. Francis with Jeff Penkew, right? who was the leader of music at that time. And Jeff very graciously uh, took us in as sort of his relief. Right. If he was going to be out for any reason, we would fill in for Jeff. And then Jeff left St. Francis, Mm -hmm. and we kind of inherited... His, that, his spot, that spot. Yeah. yeah and we've been there now for i think seven uh, i think it's seven, seven years. years i can't believe it's been that long yeah. but yeah six seven years i guess is it 
Yeah, like I said, you know, the time kind of condenses after a while and you lose track. But uh, so that that's that's been our journey. That's the path. That is the path. What what is a music ministry? How would you define it? You know, a lot of people would say, "Oh, music ministry." That's the choir. You're in the choir. That's You're a in cho- the that's group. a cantor. Uh, that that's the praise band. Yeah. That, that's the music. That's and music. it is to a degree. But those are the roles in a music ministry. Music ministry as a concept, I think, has more to do with using music as a way of worship, as a way of praying, as a way of enhancing the people's experience and, and connecting with God. And that can be done in a variety of ways, you know, as a musician, as a cantor, as a singer, as a choir member, as a director. There's many different ways it can take, but I think music ministry is a concept that has to do with worship. And in terms of music ministry, if you think the spotlight is on you, you are there for the wrong reason. Yep. The spotlight is always on God, and the spotlight is always on what is happening in the Mass, what is happening in the liturgy. Yes, absolutely. And we are there just to make that experience hopefully even more meaningful and more prayerful right. to and, the people that are there. And I guess there. you could kind of say a facilitator, too, of being the vehicle to have that happen. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't want it to be the Maureen and Pete show. Absolutely not. And what if, if somebody said to you, uh, as they have said to me, well, what kind of music do you guys do? What would you say? Uh, well, what we do currently is a real mixture. And I, I think I've, I've got kind of a, a good pattern going. Because um, I, I, in a typical Mass, there'll be four songs. There'll be an entrance song, a presentation song, a communion song, and a sending forth song. All right, we call it the four-song sandwich. <laughs> So what I, what I the combination I've come up with and it's it's not set in stone obviously is I try to do at least two post Vatican two contemporary type songs uh, in in it I will also try to have at least one song that people would identify as traditional and then I have one that I call a wild card and sometimes it's I pull something out of like the early early folk things like we did a ray rep song and it went over like gangbusters yeah for those of you who do not know who ray rep was ray rep was a singer and composer in the early days uh right after vatican ii right and in the early days of the folk music masses and he did really wonderful music that was uh spoke to the heart and was very easy to sing and I'm sorry to say, it, it kind of got forgotten for a while, well, I right? Think Don't pe- you think? I think people got snobby, truthfully. Um, the, the, the people in charge of composing and in charge of assembling the missiles and the, the hymnals, and they didn't see that as good enough music after a while. So It was that, okay for the beginning because there wasn't was all anything. They had. That's all they had. But as they got more sophisticated, they saw that as a bit too simple to kumbaya to camp what were some of the ray rep songs uh i am the resurrection uh which i am the the resurrection and the life right right. um oh you're putting me on the spot oh gosh um here we are all together 
Here we, Here we are, are all together, together as we sing our song. Shout from the highest mountain. mountain. Yeah. Uh, That's all Ray Rep. And when we took the the rappers off, so to speak, mm-hmm. on a couple of these Ray Rep things in our church, a lot of the people in the congregation who are post-Vatican II, maybe all of them, mm-hmm. were like, oh, man. I forgot about that song. Oh, it was like what what we in radio call the old wow factor. Yeah. When you hear an oldie that you haven't heard in a long time, mm-hmm. and it comes up and it's like, oh my God, I forgot. Oh, I love this. This is so good. And we had such uh, good luck doing Ray Rep mm-hmm. that we occasionally incorporate his things in, into what we do. Or some or any of those really early, yeah, early folk yeah. things. And the other thing I put into my wild card category is something super contemporary, like something that you'd be hearing on K-Lover or 99.1. Like a Matt Marr like or something a Ma- like Matt that. Like a Matt Marr or a Hillsong or yeah. Darlene Zetch or uh, Lauren Daigle, uh, those kind of uh, songs. We had really uh, a great response to uh, Who You Say I Am mm-hmm. by Hillsong. Yes. We brought that into our church and people loved it. And what really pleased me was when we started singing the song and mm-hmm. introduced it that first time, people knew it already. Yeah. Which said that they had heard it on K Love or on Star 99.1. Yeah, yeah. And so they did, I mean, because we did it. The, the first week we did it, we were going to do it kind of as a meditation song after communion. And at that point, they didn't necessarily always have the words in front of them. Sometimes it's something that we are introducing for the first time. And we don't, we hope they'll sing and they'll catch on, but we don't expect it because they don't have the words in front of them. And that week when we did that, and they, they sang from practically the first chorus on, and really, they went out of the church, and I heard people singing it, and yeah, that really yeah. warmed my heart. Isn't that a great feeling? It is. Isn't that a great feeling when we can send them out singing, and send them out, and they're still singing it when they go out the door? Mm-hmm. That's, that's when you say to yourself, I did my job today. Yes, yes. I, I did what, what I'm supposed to do. So how would you describe our transition? Because we, we started out as uh, you as a guitarist and a singer, and me as a singer because if you have a brain in your head you do not put anything with strings on it <laughs> in my hands it's kind of like giving me a hammer and nails you don't give me those either uh, how would you describe our transition from being performers not in a leadership position to kind of being our own boss and 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 having charge of of what we do basically what what we sing and and what we plan and it's actually i think it's ideal to do it that way because we started out just you know being directed and getting our feet in the water and getting our repertoire together and you know getting uh ideas and and hearing different ways of playing a song and and you know harmonies being introduced and that kind of thing and now kind of learning what we learning like, the craft what kind we of. don't like yeah what works what we don't think is going to work and so now then when once we were put in the position of being the leadership and the director i mean we're, we're still kind of um unusual in that 
we don't have a, a group. It's you and I. Yeah. So we would love it to be a group. Mm-hmm. We would really love to have more people in the music ministry. Uh, I mean, we refer to it as Pete Maureen Music Ministry, but we don't mean that to be exclusive of others. If anybody Absolutely wants not. to come in and, and play uh, keyboards or percussion or guitar or, or you know, a, 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 you know, a, a jaw harp or anything, <laughs> we're just as happy to have them come in and, and of join course, us. Of course, of course. But um, like right now, you know, we we get to call our own shots, yeah. which. It, it's a lot easier, you know, uh, truthfully, than uh, having a, a whole group to direct. But uh, down the road, I would like it to get to the point where we we do have like a praise band. That is a question that I that I have had people ask me: Who picks the music? Music? We do. Yes, we do. We pick it all. Uh, I mean, once in a while, our clergy will say, uh, you know, can you do this one this week, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, a. Uh, uh, like over Christmas, they instead of the Gloria, they wanted to do Angels We Have Heard on High because right. it has the Gloria in in the refrain, and it went with the Christmas season. And they were like, you know, can we can you do that? And, and we're ha- sure. happy to oblige. Now, someone might be thinking, well, do you ever have disagreements with clergy? I will tell you after the many many years that we've been doing this, the decades that we've been doing this, it is inevitable that there will always be some kind of a disagreement with your pastor or somebody in clergy over a song. And there's always room for negotiation. I think that as a musician, as a singer, we always have the right to say, well, yeah, here's why we want to do this. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, of course, we have to be respectful and differential of course. To what the pastor says right. or what our bishop says or, or whatever clergy's wish wishes are. But I, I feel that there's always a little room for discussion. Mm-hmm. And and thank goodness, those are very few and far between. Yeah. I think uh, part of the job of being a good music minister is to learn to read your your pastor yes. and to learn to read yes. your, your, your congregation, too, yeah. as to what they will respond to and what they won't. So uh, that that's been a learning experience. Also, um, how how do we plan the music? Someone might say, "Well, you know, you guys, because I've had people recommend songs to mm-hmm. me, and I have to say, well, you know, thanks for for the recommendation, but that's that's kind of not not in the realm of what we do." So how how would if someone said to you, Maureen, you're gonna have a you're gonna do a mass this Sunday? How do you pick the songs? <laughs> well. I'm just laughing because Pete and I did a spoof uh, video a while back where we 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 kind of kidded around about putting all the things in a, a fishbowl and, and just pulling just them out. Just pulling them out of the fishbowl. And that's not what we, we do. We do not do. <laughs> not at all. Um, for me, the, the planning takes place in it, usually well in advance. I try to do about a month's worth at a time, and I'll read the readings. I'll go online, dial them up, and, and, and read the readings, and see if anything jumps out at me as far as the songs that we know. And then um, there's a liturgical publication called Today's Liturgy, and our church subscribes to that, and I have that online as well. And they offer song selections, song suggestions each week, and I peruse that and look and see if any of those 
are ones that I didn't think of or, you know, see where their head is going. There's usually like a little bit of a, a blurb about that week and what the themes are. And, uh, that that's and then you know then I look through the book and and you know make sure that the songs fit not only the season and not only the themes of the mass but also the part of the mass that's being done at I'm not going to have uh you know take the word of god with you as you go as the entrance song right because right. that's definitely a very exity kind of uh message and the same way with um communion I try to have it focusing on what we're doing at that particular time, uh, you know, behold the Lamb of God, I am the bread of life, uh, things like that that speak to the miracle of transubstantiation that we are partaking in in the Eucharist at that particular point in time. What would you say makes a good song for us? What, what are you and I looking for? I know what I'm looking for. <laughs> Why don't you tell me? I know what I, I'm looking for. I'm looking. Wanna, I always, I always kid you. It, you want to make yourself sound good. <laughs> I always. Well, of course, I'm. I, I'm going to be partial to songs that I can sing well, mm-hmm. and I am. I think I'm honest enough and realistic enough to say that there are songs that I do very well, and some songs where I just plain suck. <laughs> I don't think you ever and, suck. Uh, thank but. you, thank you. <laughs> but th- I honestly do. But think there are there some songs, songs that you do better that, than others. That, that I that I do better than others. So I'm obviously I'm always looking for those kind of songs. But I also kid you and say I want it peppy. I want it happy. I want it snappy. <laughs> yeah, and for the most part, I do too. Yeah. Um, but too much of that becomes then yeah. it doesn't stand out anymore. And, you know, there are some slower songs and more meditative songs that I, I do like to to have in there as well. So, uh, you know, but I would say overall, uh, as far as songs that appeal to me or that I try to use, they definitely st- tend toward the more contemporary. Now, it is almost a year ago, come March, that COVID-19 mm-hmm. showed up and the pandemic and churches closed and we withdrew uh from music ministry for a few months uh i guess out of an abundance of caution Uh, both it was an abundance of caution and also originally they weren't doing masses right and then they started slowly doing um like facebook live uh, live streaming masses and they were still only using like MP3s or, or recorded music, and then at some point they were kind of like leaning towards getting music ministry back in there. But we still had stayed out because we're in the vulnerable categories. Right, right. And then eventually, once we saw that they were they were going to be doing masses outdoors, were, outdoors, and people started going back into indoor dining and and, right, and, and things and, like that. We said, okay, it's it's probably a good time to be to be coming mm-hmm. back. And we missed it terribly. We did. We I really regret the time that that we took off, but I don't at, think we could have done anything else. At the else, time, I, I think it was the right thing to do. It ab- absolutely you know? was. You can't you can't put your health and, and life at risk. So, or something. so what our church is doing now is, well, basically, I guess what everybody else's church is doing, and that is we do have Mass indoors 
Uh, unfortunately, attendance is way, way, way down. Uh, people are afraid. People are afraid to commit, and, and we are observing all of the protocol, all of the social distancing. Every other pew is is roped off, so you're going to be a good six to ten feet away from the nearest person. Uh, everybody is wearing their their masks. And we're we're doing all of the right things. We've got things. the sanitizers. We've got and the sanitizers. The, and the church is wiped down after every service. Uh, everything is is washed and and sanitized as best as we can. People are afraid to come in. Mm-hmm. People are still afraid to come in, and, and we understand that. And I and you know I think too some people are like not necessarily afraid. It's just this is so nice to be able to sit home, pour myself a cup of coffee, and and watch mass. And not have to get out and drive, and not have to get the kids in the car and load them up. And uh, oh, the you know, so and so's got a little league game right at eleven o'clock, so I can drop them off and, and watch my mass. And this was a, a the theme of a, a piece that I wrote for the call mm-hmm. in the American National Catholic Church magazine. Basically, it was you know, how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris, and uh, the fact that people can go to Mass in their PJs. Mm-hmm. And like you said, sit back with a cup of coffee and, and maybe watch it on uh, on YouTube or on a delayed broadcast. Mm-hmm. You know, are they ever coming back? Yeah, I don't know. You know, now that they've gotten accustomed to this. Yeah, it's very hard. It's a big question mark. It is a big question mark. And the problem, of course, is that our expenses as a church don't go down. No. We still have that rent that we have to mm-hmm. pay every single month and uh that that is a fixed amount of money whether we have five people in the church or 15 or or it it doesn't change yeah yeah. so it's a it's a really tough time what are some of the adjustments that that we have made uh during the pandemic well musically part of the trouble is also um as part of the the protocol is that we've taken all the books and things out of the pews because you know, people handling them, right. it's not a good not thing. Not allowed to have books. And with, you know, paper products, there's no way to wipe them down or anything. So we've just removed them completely from the pews. So now the people do not have uh, words in front of them. And initially, we had adjusted our music selections because we were just picking, like, maybe out of 20 songs or so that we knew that they pretty right. much knew by heart. Stuff the congregation sing. knows with their eyes closed. And they were not necessarily uh, apropos to the, the readings even. We tried as best as we could, but, you know, it was more important to get four songs that they would sing than to try and match everything up. And what we've just started doing in Advent, and it's, so it's a little bit early to tell whether it's having an effect or not, Yeah is we have now included a QR code in the pews and in our bulletin and in our online uh, website and uh, Facebook pages, which people can uh, scan, and then they get a link to the lyrics so they can sing along. We are so fortunate in that in our church, our associate pastor, Father G.D. Reyes, is an IT guy. Yay, GD. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went to, to, to Father GD and said, GD, can you... Is this possible? Is I this had the possible idea to do because... a QR code? And he said, oh yeah, that's easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he wasn't lying that we're not putting undue stress yeah, on him. Yeah. 
But we had gotten the idea because we had gone to some restaurants and they were no longer handing out menus. And they they had a QR code on the table and they were like, if you want the menu, scan this. Yeah. And I was like, gee, that would work with the music should work songs. with the songs, yeah. yeah. So um, we've done that. I haven't seen a lot of people taking advantage of it, but there hasn't been a lot of people in the pews either. So I really, I don't know if anybody at home is doing it. Um, There's no way to to register that. But we're going to keep going with that for a while and see if if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, uh, you know, I've tried to give a list of songs like for a month at a time and just have a cluster on the on the website and then remove those and put the new ones in for the next month who would you say are our favorite composers composers okay definitely ken Ken (laughs) i always said if it's canito it's it's got to be good good. and he often partners with bob hurd sometimes it's canito and hurd sometimes just canito amazing i love their stuff um a little bit more traditionally, I like uh, Dan Schutte's Dan music. Um, definitely uh, some of the women ones, I like Sarah Hart and uh, Janet Sullivan Whitaker, Bernadette Farrell. Mark Miller. Mark Miller. Oh, my buddy Mark. He, he's a, a Methodist composer, but he does some phenomenal stuff and such spirit. And he, uh, yeah. I just watch him sing forever. Um, and he reviewed your master's thesis. He, he was one of my, uh, the, the readers. Yeah. And he had to decide whether I, I could get my master's or not. So, yay, Mark. <laughs> now, we also like Hanala. Hanala Felig Harrell. Uh, Hanala is Jewish. And uh, she is a New York girl originally. She lived in Florida for a while. And a few years ago, she made Aliyah returning to uh, live in Israel permanently. And boy, can that woman sing. And she writes these incredibly beautiful songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually were allowed to bring one of her songs called I Davin to our to our church i think we did it uh, after uh, that synagogue uh, was attacked right right in solidarity with our jewish brothers and sisters and, and they and uh, so saint francis very uh, graciously allowed us to do the song and uh, davening of course is is praying mm-hmm. you if you you pray you're jewish you you daven and it's a beautiful song about about what she prays for yes and uh, so we were very happy to do it and hanalah was very gracious to send us the music for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what would you say our favorite songs to do are oh goodness uh, again anything that i can sing decently <laughs> is a favorite of mine <laughs> well, yeah there's certain ones that they're seasonal like i i loved uh, born this day by ken canito yeah that's a very christmasy one i like um alleluia love is alive by agrizano which is a eastery one um, Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord, by Dan Schutte. I like on this on that holy mountain. I'm not sure who wrote that. Um, oh goodness, I like a peace prayer or not peace prayer. Um, People of peace by now, uh, Carrie Landry. I've got to say this. I've got, and you're looking at me like you know what I'm going to say. Of course, I know what if you're going to say. What am I going to say? You're going to talk about Carrie Landry and no, the vibrato. No, no, no. Okay. What song do I not like to do? Just because I think it's it's tired. Prayer of St. Francis. Prayer of St. Francis. And I know everybody loves the Prayer of St. Francis. And it's it's the song of our church's patron. You know, we have to do it. We but. have to do it. But 
it has had more plays than Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it has had more plays than the Million Dollar Movie. It's t- to me, it's just tired. And I know our congregation likes it because, as you said, it's St. Francis is our patron saint, and there are other songs about St. Francis. Mm-hmm. But this is the one that everybody knows that has gained traction. But as a performer, mm-hmm. I'm so sick. I'm so sick. Of that. <laughs> I'm so tired of doing it. Well, I mean, there, you know, there, there's a bunch of them like that. That, I mean, I, I do still like the songs. It's not that I don't, but I think that they've they've certainly had a, a lot of plays that I would prefer to pick something else occasionally. But things like "Here I Am, Lord," as much as I like it, it's done a lot. "Be Not Afraid" is another one. Although I do like the new verse that 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 that's been written. Yeah. Uh, more recently, they added another. Another verse to the end of it. Fly yeah. like a bird. Fly like a bird is a canito. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, without the book in front of me, it, you know, it, it, I, I know as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to say, I should have said this one. So which songs do we not like? Again, anything that I don't sing well. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I have a real disdain for Latin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say disdain, but I don't see any point in doing it. I mean, to me, Latin reeks of the church that I walked away from. Yes. And so, as I said to one of our fellow parishioners who almost had a stroke <laughs> when I said it, if I never heard another word of Latin, I could be fine with it. Yeah. Uh, the only, only There's only a few exceptions I would make. I do like doing the Tantamergo Ponte Lingua on Holy Thursday. It's kind of like traditional. Uh, it's kind of part of the memory. I suspect because you're, you're the Catholic school girl, mm-hmm. and I am the public school guy. Yeah. But, I mean, it, I, I'm okay with doing that one, and I also am okay, um, again, with with that. Uh, with it's Really, Holy Thursday is kind of it. Um, the the foot-washing song... Uh, Smelly feet. <laughs> smelly, smelly feet. Smelly feet. Smelly feet. <laughs> no. Um, oh, gosh. I'm blanking out. Ah, don't worry. But anyway. And, of course, chants. We're not big on chants. No. Not Gregorian chant and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. No. Not, not into it. Not into it. But uh, outside of that, I, I like a variety. So anything good. Anything that, as I say, reeks of old church mm-hmm. is, is something that I'm going to be a little reticent to do and he'll screw up his face and grimace the whole time (laughs) (laughs) so that is this week's edition of uh, mixing it up with pete and maureen and we really would love to hear from you so drop us a note you can reach us at pete and maureen podcast at yahoo.com we also have a facebook page which is called mixing it up with pete and maureen you can write to us there you can also find me on Facebook at Pete Toriello, T-A-U-R-I-E-L-L-O. As I always say, there are T-O-R Toriellos out there. They're nice people, I hear tell, but they ain't us. And Maureen can also be found at... Maureen Conroy Toriello, spelled the same way. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of Mixing It Up with Pete and Maureen, where again, we'll talk about whatever it is that's off the top of our heads. Or somewhere else. Or straight from the heart. Till then, goodbye, God bless you, and thank you. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.